This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hello, listeners. I'm very excited about this episode to you today. I talked with Kim Cunnington-Taylor and Tim Kennedy about their experiences in the OBA and why they're involved. Tim is General Counsel and Vice President Administration at Maxis Staffing and Consulting. Kim is a lawyer with Nelligan O'Brien Payne, practicing in not-for-profit and charity law and business law. We also talk about an important event coming up, the OBA Institute. This is an event that is happening in both Toronto and Ottawa between February 6th and February 11th. There are a multitude of programs happening at the Institute, and I think law students and young lawyers will particularly benefit from attending this event. I will have additional information in the episode description. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you both, Kim and Tim, for uh, taking the time to speak with me about both of you and your involvement with the OBA and the upcoming event, the OBA Institute. So before we begin, we like to begin with a kind of an icebreaking question. So for both of you, could you tell us about yourself without talking about the law? That's very difficult. Um, I'm, uh, I grew up in Northern Ontario. Um, I have a, uh, I've been in law since I was 17 years old, first having worked at a law firm in my hometown, uh, during high school. So it's very difficult for me to talk about myself without talking about law. Uh, I've lived in Ottawa for, uh, nearly 30 years. Um, and, um, I'm married. I have uh, uh, two fur babies. I like to cook and garden uh, when I'm not at the office. What about you, Tim? Well, unlike Kim, even though our names sound quite similar, Tim and Kim, I have little difficulty talking about my life outside of law. Um, I've grown up, uh, spent most of my life in Quebec City, which is my hometown, and I've been fortunate enough to have practiced in different parts of Canada. I spent a number of years in Atlantic Canada um, and have uh, worked in Ottawa, and I also have an uh, office in Quebec City. Currently, um, my two kids and my wife keep me extremely busy. Um, we're very active, everything from winter sports to summer sports and I've been a big fan and player of rugby most of my life and like to try and continue that to the extent that I can. Um, outside of dealing with regular work issues and life issues, if I ever have spare time, uh, like Kim, I enjoy cooking, uh, but I think I enjoy eating and uh, a lot more. And uh, like I said earlier, skiing is a, a fun winter thing to do and uh, gardening, landscaping, home stuff, all that stuff is me in a nutshell. Wonderful. So how did you both first learn about the OBA? Um, I knew about the OBA long before I uh, went to law school. I had been working as a corporate law clerk for many, many years prior to attending 
uh, law school, so I was very aware of the variety of uh, lawyer associations um, that uh, that lawyers join. Um, also, a, a good friend of mine. In fact, the um, the lawyer that gave me my first job in law when I was in high school was at the time the um, the CEO of the CBA, John Hoyles. Oh. So I was very well aware of of the mandate of the CBA, the branches, um, and and obviously in particular the Ontario Bar Association, given uh, given my location in Ontario, um, the. OBA and the CBA are prominently featured at the law school. So uh, because I already knew about uh, what they did and um, um, in terms of their advocacy as well as education, um, I noticed quite uh, quickly the uh, involvement that both the CBA and the OBA have uh, with the law schools. Uh, somewhat similar. Uh, my involvement uh, and first introduction to the CBA um, and its branches, provincial branches, came in law school. Um, I don't think I fully appreciated, though, at the time, the value of what the CBA does and the value that it gave me as a as a lawyer, certainly in law school, clueless completely. And it wasn't until uh, my probably halfway through my articling experience at that time that was in New Brunswick a lawyer in our firm came and approached the articling students and encouraged us to attend a program that was being put on by uh, CBA in New Brunswick and we went to it and we found it was kind of, it was interesting but what we really came away with it was it was an in-person event and we got to see and meet a lot of people that we otherwise wouldn't have met, senior uh, lawyers, other practitioners, people from different parts of the province, in fact. And after that, I thought, okay, so this is what, what it does. I, I get it. It's putting on programming and there's some networking components. And it was later on in that year after I had finished my articles that another lawyer in the firm came and said, you know what would be really good for you? You should get involved in one of the sections. You're going to learn a lot of things. You'll meet a lot of people and you'll probably find it pretty rewarding. And I now fast forward almost 17 years later and all of those things were just as true as they were then as they are today. I enjoy it. I find it something that gives me, I'm invigorated by that participation and it restores some of your it, for all the work that you do, it recharges your batteries sometimes, which is an odd thing to say if, when you're doing volunteer work, but the, the benefits are just, they're almost intangible, hard to quantify. Mm -hmm. Would it be fair to say then for both of you, you kind of got involved with the OBA just through uh, influence of a mentor or influence of a colleague? I think so, but I also had a, a very specific purpose for getting involved in the OBA at the beginning. I mean, I, I had the advantage of being able to participate in OBA programming through review of uh, programs while I was uh, working as a law clerk before I went to law school. So I was, I was very aware of the quality of the programming, the educational programming that, that the OBA offers and the CBA offers. Um, but the, 
the reason that I got involved in the OBA, I was involved in two sections. And in fact, until last year, I was also a member of the uh, charity and not-for-profit section executive, as well as on the business law section executive. But my term was up for the charity section this year. So I had to I had to um, take a year off. So I was encouraged by my mentor, John Hoyles, as well as many of the lawyers that I that I uh, had worked with over the years of uh, extolling the virtues of the OBA, what it has to offer, what it can help you with your career networking and so on. But when I finished law school, I opened my own practice and um, I very deliberately joined the, those two sections of the OBA, not only because I really like giving back and I like to teach and I like to help people in that regard. I also really like legislative reform and the, the OBA and the CBA do a lot of that. So I thought that there were things that I could really help with in, in, in that aspect as well, um, which I find very challenging, but also um, you have the opportunity to uh, make a difference, uh, to participate, to help the direction of a particular area of law. But from a personal perspective, I was looking for more mentors and I was looking for a way to um, find those people that have specialized practices like mine and be able to network with those people, learn from them um, and develop relationships with people that are more experienced practitioners than myself and that's exactly what I found uh, with uh, with both sections of, of um, the OBA that I joined rather than just being a member I wanted to give back I didn't want to just take what was offered and through my um, work with the two section executives, I've been able to do just that. I've developed really good uh, relationships with a number of very senior practitioners who have guided me and become mentors over the years. Um, I've also been uh, given the opportunity to be able to literally pick up the phone and call any number of people to talk about issues, uh, which is something that sole practitioners um, sometimes suffer from, is having that that good networking um, um, aspect of the practice, you can feel a little bit alone. Um, so it widened that scope. Um, it got me out of Ottawa and out of my office uh, in that by participating <laughs> in putting together programming um, from a new lawyer, um, a more junior sort of perspective, you can create you can give your own unique perspective to programming and you can help reach out to those members of the section that are not necessarily forgotten about but you can give them a voice which I, I find really powerful and really important I also think that speaking at programs co-chairing programs getting speakers together it all helps you overall in your own development Certainly there's networking, there's referral opportunities, your name gets out there through the published works that you do, but for yourself and your own um, advancement in your, in your career, it's helpful on that personal level to continue to write, 
to continue to participate in that kind of a discussion from an academic perspective. I find that really empowering and, and I really uh, am hoping that um, the work that I've been doing uh, with such a fantastic group of volunteers who we spend an awful lot of volunteer hours doing nothing more than trying to figure out the best programming that we can give to the members, whether they're in Ottawa or Northern Ontario or Southwestern Ontario or, or the Toronto area. Uh, we have such a diverse province. We have such um, a large membership that it's important for all the voices to be able to be heard and to be able to represent voices that don't necessarily have those types of opportunities. So um, the incentive to get involved comes from a lot of different areas. As, as Tim said, the, the people that are involved in the OBA and the CBA rarely regret it. And the people that are involved tend to be involved for a really long time. Tim says going on 17 years, I've been nearly 10. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure out at the end of my tenure as chair of the business law section, what's my next, what's my next involvement? Do I go back to the charity section? Do I move over to the CBA national section? Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of ending any involvement in this area, for me, doesn't, it, it doesn't enter my, my sort of thought process. Wonderful answer there. Uh, Tim, you were the past chair of the OBA's Real Property Law Section. Um, could you just quickly describe what you did in that position? Okay, well, so the, in, sorry, in the capacity of the chair and the past chair? The past chair, the past chair of the oh. Real Property Law Section. Okay, maybe I'll speak to, so, to make that as I'm still, still in the role of past chair for Real Property Section, uh, for the Ontario Bar Association, but as chair, what you end up doing is you're the person uh, that ends up more or less running a meeting. So mm -hmm. it turns out to be much more of a um, management or uh, speaking role. Sometimes you're called upon to uh, speak to uh, members of the public or other lawyers on behalf of the section. Uh, by and large, your work is helping coordinate the efforts of the section. The past chair role is a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> because once you finish doing that role, you can sit back and you're truly providing uh, support to the new chair and maybe passing on a few lessons learned uh, to help things uh, continue to improve or run a little bit more smoothly. So it's more of a... a um, a management role versus a getting to steer. You do have input, by the way, but getting to steer what your mandate or maybe what your uh, things that you want to achieve. You do have that ability, but I would be surprised if you find many sections within the OBA where it, the approach is not one that the chair really has an element of control or, or, or influence. It's a very collaborative uh, approach to doing work. And Kim was alluding to it earlier in an answer when you had asked, did you get involved because of a mentor? And I just wanted to quickly circle back on that. I absolutely got involved only because of a mentor or somebody within our firm to encourage me to do it. Had I not been encouraged to do that, out of sheer intimidation, mm 
or nervousness or shyness, thinking that I'm just a brand new lawyer. What business do I have joining a section, let alone getting involved in maybe putting your name forward for an executive position? The executives within the, the chair and the vice chair and members at large, that is made up of certainly the real property section. That, that's the case. It's made up of a mixture of our entire profession. It's a microcosm of our practitioners from old and experienced to uh, mature but new to the profession or the practice to brand new, newly minted lawyers. So you have this fantastic collection of people and it's really, I've said it to more than a few people, the real property section is everything that's right with our profession. They're really dedicated people. They're giving of their time. And for a lot of people, I think that's why they chose to practice law in the first place because they're fundamentally good people and they want to do good things. And when you get to have that ability to work together in a situation that is away from billings, it, it lights your fire again. So this is why I did things. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to expand on a couple of things that Tim said as well. And I'll tell you about, I'm a new chair. This is my first year as chair of the business law section. And I have to say, as much as I really, really miss working with such a fantastic group on the uh, charity and not-for-profit section executive this year, certainly I, I haven't lost my contacts at all, but, but I really miss them and I miss participating and I miss those, you know, <laughs> almost they meet about every six weeks and that sort of thing. I miss that and I miss speaking with those people on a, on a regular basis. Um, uh, but when Tim said that if he hadn't been encouraged by a mentor to get involved through intimidation and that sort of thing, he would never have thought of it. Um, that I think is a really important piece because one of the, one of the issues that you always want to guard against on an executive is that sort of entrenchment of the same people um, involved all the time. You need new blood and new ideas and the law is forever changing. So it's really important for young people, new lawyers um, to, to get involved. They'll make lifelong friends. They'll really enjoy what they're doing. There's so many opportunities to participate, whether it's on the newsletter or just being a member at large for the first couple of years while you get your feet work and wet and you you pay attention to what the more experienced people are doing. How how do meetings play out? How do we put together the programming? Why do we put together the programming? Get involved in those sorts of discussions. You can uh, you can be mentored by that group of 24 or however many people are, are on the executive in the business law section, there's 24 people. And as Tim said, it's a mix from large Bay Street firms, uh, very experienced uh, lawyers, uh, lawyers that are in solo practice, lawyers that are in rural practice. So there's a real nice mix and everybody comes together to try to figure out on an ongoing basis, how can we best serve our members in this province? What can we do? And I think that from a from a training perspective for a young lawyer, 
it's invaluable experience. And to be able to participate, write an article for the newsletter and that sort of thing, um, it's uh, it's really valuable. Now, uh, I think that Tim sort of glossed over some of the hard work that that is foisted upon the chair of a section because uh, I find it a little bit more than just management, right? It's very it's very invigorating. As um, chair of the section, you also are invited. Uh, to OBA council meetings to represent your section to find out what's going on at the OBA level itself. Uh, you are automatically a member of the national section. So, for example, for business law, there are monthly meetings or quarterly meetings by, by conference call. So again, you're, you're able to get to know people all over the country. Uh, once a year, business law uh, CBA National Section has a um, uh, an in-person meeting. Uh, it's usually in Ottawa. We're probably going to change things up this year. I've the, I've gone to my third one uh, because in the last two years, the chair of the business law section was not able to attend, and as vice chair, she asked me to attend on her behalf. I've gotten to know amazing people from the Yukon to PEI to Newfoundland, and it expands your network, but you also can see the struggles that people in other parts of the country are going through in their own sections, in their own provinces. You, you get to know what's going on in respect of legislative changes in case law, and, and you work together in another collaborative way to help each other on, their, on each other's programming and, and share ideas and share tips and tricks and, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing that the chair does is whenever there is uh, proposed legislation that may have something to do with your section, the OBA staff have a, have a really good department of people that, that basically are connected with the Ontario Ministry in some fashion. They know what's going on. They watch the bills that are in the legislature and they they'll they send out bills and uh, various pieces of le legislative change for comment. And so you kind of have to marshal that. There's sometimes some very tight deadlines. Uh, and you can participate in responding to the government, providing comments with analysis to propose changes to the legislation in your, in your area of law, uh, which is another way of giving back. And the helping draft a submission that is submitted by the Ontario Bar Association, which is the voice of lawyers in Ontario, and it's a very strong voice. So to be able to participate on those sorts of initiatives, are, it, it's, very, uh, uh, it's, it's very invigorating, and it's, it's, um, it really makes you feel good to be able to participate. So whether you're, uh, as, as Tim says, a, a, a mature but, but newly minted lawyer, a young lawyer, Everybody has a viewpoint and everybody has something to offer. And I think that uh, I really encourage people, uh, no matter how long you've been practicing or whether, in my case, business law is your specialty or it's one of the areas of law that you practice, if you want to get involved in something, this is something that is really worthwhile. Wonderful. And Kim, if I might, just to, 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 you were quite right. I did totally gloss over all those things. So thank you for detailing that. But something that I have, I, I consider myself extremely fortunate. 
certainly within the CBA, OBA, and that realm, because somebody pushed me and encouraged me to do something, I became the, much like Kim, rather quickly became the chair of the New Brunswick Real Property Section, which allowed me to hop on a plane and fly to Ottawa for the national section meeting. And because of the, the people that I met that very first year at CBA National Real Property Section, many of those people I count amongst my some of my closest colleagues and some of my best friends. And I got involved when my term ended at with, with CBA New Brunswick. I ended up getting involved with CBA National Real Property Section. And to the point where now I guess I'm a, you're the, a lifetime member of the executive honorary in that capacity. But it, it, as a result of that involvement and being pushed, I now, as Kim has met, mentioned, my job as general counsel for a company, and even when I was in private practice, perhaps more so, you needed to serve clients' needs or have things that happen coast to coast. And knowing that you have not just somebody that you know in passing, somebody that you can pick up a phone or send an email to that you trust mm -hmm. to complete something that you need done because it's a, it's maybe it's a whoops moment, right? Oh no, that needs to be dealt with immediately. Or it's, this is a really good client that I would want to make sure is served, like just top, notch. top of the notch. Yeah. You can do that with every, almost every province, every city. And it's something that so many lawyers, regardless of how bright, intelligent, and effective they are, that is something that is very difficult to achieve, to have a network of people across the country, and in some cases outside of the country, where you can separate yourself from others just simply by being a member and being an involved member. It's truly one of the, it is a priceless thing. It truly is. Yeah. Now, in one week, the OBA Institute 2017, which is the largest continuing professional development event for lawyers in Canada, is happening again. Um, for those who might not know what it is, what is the Institute? Well, uh, the Institute is a week-long continuing professional education for lawyers in Ontario. It's the largest uh, CPD program in the country. Uh, until last year, uh, the only way to access the Institute was to actually go to Toronto, uh, which can be very, very expensive for people, and it, it's, it can be prohibitively expensive for people. Um, there are, I don't know, uh, 30 to 40 courses taught in just about every area of law that has a section at the OBA. Uh, Half-day programs, full-day programs, weekend programs. There's a morning program for criminal. It's always on Saturday morning. You have programming that is worked on for six to eight months, sometimes a year ahead, um, to try to get that programming right for the mixture, the significant mixture of practices that we have in Ontario. You have speakers that are at the top of their field 
or from a regulator. Or this year we've got receptions with Supreme Court justices going to Toronto. I mean, it's a it's a big deal. There are receptions. There are networking opportunities. There are um, fun opportunities. Um, in Ottawa, we're going to have a reception here for the young lawyers. Um, but primarily, you've got one week of pure academic programming uh, that is geared for every stage of a person's practice from their specific practice area to more professional development type things, um, uh, possibly managing your time or uh, um, mental health awareness, uh, other really, really important aspects of our practice that used to be, I think, overlooked a lot, which, which uh, uh, there's a great deal of programming spent on that kind of stuff to help a lawyer uh, be that sort of um, fulsome, well-balanced lawyer, not just focused on client needs and files and billing and that sort of thing, but focused on the lawyer as the whole person and that the lawyer is a person too and, and needs to look after him or herself and that sort of thing. So it's um, um, it's got networking, it's got excellent programming, and it's an opportunity to literally mingle with not only your colleagues, but um, uh, ministers, uh, people in government, uh, regulators that, that you uh, want to be involved with when you're working on um, such important initiatives for the Ontario public. Okay, the, the next question I get, I will ask Tim. <laughs> so you're one of the co-chairs of the Ottawa Programming. Uh, how has it been to prepare for such a large event? That's an excellent question. Part of the, the easy answer is that it, it's a huge undertaking that takes m the efforts of many, many people. Um, OBA staff, volunteers, members of uh, PD committees, it's a lot of work. The enjoyable part of planning, preparing, um, programs, and the event really itself is that once it's all done, you, you have the ability to enjoy and experience it. Uh, yourself, so it's kind of nice. I think Kim would agree, as would many of the people at OBA. Once the you know the kickoff happens and the lights go on, you can sit back and benefit from it too. To participate in the programs that you were involved in, or attend the events that people you had discussions about. What would, what would people enjoy for a social activity? So it's a it's a fantastic thing. And in Ottawa, we're going to have a um, a down version of what's going on in Toronto so that we can have a physical place that we can all go to and it's not like just sitting in front of a computer at your desk as Kim alluded to earlier the idea of flying to Toronto or driving to Toronto and having to spend money on accommodations uh, and take time out of your life uh, for, um, for work really as well it's it's expensive both in a dollars and cents and a human cost as well. So the last two years, this will be the second time that we've done it where we're going to have the Ottawa 
Institute, which is just, it's a rebroadcast of what's happening on Toronto, but in a very uh, engaging, collaborative environment. Actually, it's a simulcast. Simulcast, that's the best, better term, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What specific events will be um, occurring in Ottawa? In Ottawa, we have, we focused on, to the extent that we could, things that are core uh, areas of interest. So the Lung Lung, Young Lawyers Division will be putting on a program um, about finding your work-life balance. And then something that is near and dear to Kim, I think, as well, is there's the Trust in Estates Law section, which is doing one, uh, a program on key strategies uh, for planning and administrating uh, estates uh, for elderly people, of course, uh, death and aging. Real property law or real estate law is putting on one, uh, which is going to be a very, very practical thing where uh, attendees are definitely going to come away with something um, not purely academic, but something that's going to have a direct, immediate impact on how they practice. And we're doing things on like closing documents, tips and traps. And then we're also finally, I think, uh, having a program on family law, uh, discussing the pitfalls of family law and how to avoid them. And then the family. And then we have some social events. Yes, Kim, sorry. I was just going to say the family law program is a full day program. So it's really um, uh, not to say that it's more important than the other Ottawa programs, but uh, it's jam packed. So um, I think Tim was going to talk about some of the social events in Ottawa that, that we've um, uh, that we've put together. But the, the, the content of these programs, I think, is really top notch. Hit on the social programs, Kim. That's fine. <laughs> I think you're doing a fantastic job of selling everything. So, uh, well, go. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday, and uh, we're going to have a reception um, the evening before the young lawyer uh, program, and um, we don't have a speaker quite yet, Tim. Uh, so, uh, but it, it's it's a really excellent way to network get out of your office, go and talk to some colleagues. When you start practicing, it is, when you're in law school, it's hard to imagine because you get, become such close friends with people, but it's hard to imagine how quickly you get sucked into the life uh, of being a lawyer and the long hours and the toil. And it is, it's, it's invigorating and rewarding, but it's still a toil. But it's hard to believe how quickly you can lose touch with your friends. Mm. And it's also really exciting to get back together and talk about all of the different things that you're doing. I'm working at a law firm that has 30 lawyers, or I'm working in this boutique firm that has five lawyers, and this is what we do all day long, and these are the kinds of clients that we have, and, and I'm working at this national firm, and I'm traveling here and there. It's, a, it's an excellent opportunity to get together, talk about war stories, uh, you know, remembrances from law school, um, and get back in touch with each other at a social level, and also to meet new people, because when you're a young lawyer, uh, you may have gone to school at University of Ottawa, but you might not be from Ottawa. Or you may have gone to school at, at 
you know, um, Osgood or UBC or New Brunswick, for example, but you're from Ottawa. So it's an opportunity to meet your colleagues as well. Um, and that is on the th Thursday night, I think. Don't, I, I shouldn't say a date. Uh, and then on the Friday morning, the Young Lawyer Division program starts with a breakfast at 7.30. Wow, okay. Yeah. And Kim, on those two notes, some of the things that you were mentioning, um, it, it, the law, I think Kim and I would share, I don't presume to speak for you, but would share the idea that the law, at least to me, it's a profession, which means so much of what you're, what you're doing sometimes doesn't make any business sense, right? Because you're doing things, it's a profession, you're doing it because you're, you want that. Generally, you want to help people. And it's really, really easy sometimes to lose your compass once you find yourself, as Kim said, toiling and stuff. And you're focused on projects and work and, and your family commitments and all of that stuff. Going to any OBA, OBA event, and the Institute in particular, is that time where you get to hit the pause button and go back to remembering why you chose to practice in a profession. It's because you usually have a, a lifelong desire for learning. It's because you like being around people that like to help others. It's because you want to try and make whatever small part of the world you live in a little bit better. And when you're working, sometimes you feel that, boy, I, I, I don't feel that I'm doing all those things the way that I want to do them. And hanging around and meeting with people that share those same values really does make you leave where your, your, your heart sings a little bit sometimes. <laughs> you feel like, this is right. I needed that. And that's what the Institute, at the end of the day, you hope everybody leaves a little smarter a lot happier and recharged and ready to, to tackle their, the role of being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Well said. Now, law students are, can also be members of the OBA and they can also attend the yes. Institute. So, and many law students, especially first-year students will probably have very little or to no legal experience. So mm -hmm. why should they attend the Institute? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. The, um, at the CBA level, they've reworked some of their sections. The business law section, uh, for the first time, has invited a law student representative to, to join and participate on the executive level, which is an excellent mentoring opportunity for us mm -hmm. and an excellent learning opportunity for the student. And we also have another position for a young lawyer. The student uh, on our section is a first-year law student from University of Ottawa. Hmm. And when we had our meeting in October, no, sorry, November, in Ottawa, before she arrived at dinner, we promised ourselves we weren't going to scare her. <laughs> um, I don't think we were that successful, but we were trying to be funny. Um, it doesn't matter whether you have legal experience or not. There's you can come and observe and pay attention to um, the camaraderie 
the willingness to help, the collaborative environment, the academic, uh, the, the overall personal growth aspect of the Institute. Um, you can network, you can, you can learn from your peers, you can learn from more experienced people, you can become invigorated about an area of law that you never thought in a million years you would ever like, but something sparks and you think, I'm going to take a course in that next year. There's, a, there's an awful lot of reasons why law students should become involved at an early stage um, for their own personal growth, their own development, um, and a, a sense of, if this is the profession that I'm joining, what am I getting myself into? You know, there, there's that as well. You can make contacts with people like this first-year student did with our group, and uh, those contacts can perhaps benefit you either through references, uh, internships, or other opportunities. So there's a variety of reasons why law students should take the time to get involved with the OBA and the Institute. I would echo that completely. I think if I was a law student and I had to go back and see a younger Tim, I would tell myself, do it. Go attend that. It's a, you're, you're being kind of offered a small little gift that you probably will not reap the benefits of immediately. And it might take you a little bit longer to appreciate, geez, I'm really glad I went there because there's a very good chance that that was the day somebody might say five years from now to Kim, Kim, I remember I met you at the Ottawa Institute and you helped guide me through my career as a young lawyer. And, That's and, the true value. And I think uh, if I can speak for Tim and myself, I, I have had people say to me, you know, two years ago I attended us one of the programs of the OBA that, that you were speaking at, or I get an email, you know, uh, I'm thinking of getting into charity law, or I think I'm, I'm thinking of getting into business law, and I read this paper that you wrote for the OBA, and, and I saw you speak at Institute. Uh, I've, I, until last year, I, taught, I spoke at Institute, um, I think for the last four or five years. Uh, last year, because I, you know, tend to over-volunteer, uh, Tim and I were co-chairs of the Ottawa you know, part of the, the Institute, and then I also agreed to co-chair the charity program. So um, <laughs> that was uh, a little bit of over-volunteering. Um, so students and young lawyers, if I have a recommendation to them, it would be this. Go. Don't do the webcast. If you, are a, if you can go in person in Ottawa, go in person in Ottawa. There's a 15% off promo code, um, which is Ottawa15, for law students and young lawyers to attend in person in Ottawa. And I say go. Don't, don't do a webcast. Don't sit in your room and watch a computer. You're not going to get the same level of benefit. If you're a student or a young lawyer in the Toronto area and you can get to the OBA in a couple of different venues that, that they're hosting, go. Um, attend in person, mingle with people, get out of your shell. Uh, it's close to winter break. Uh, you're, you're gonna you're gonna need to recharge your batteries because you're gonna be into exams, and and this is a good way to do it. If you're not able to attend in person, 
get some buddies together and do a webcast. OBA can uh, is giving 85% off the registration fees for students who do a webcast. But don't do it alone. Get some buddies together that, and do it together and engage and see how the participants and the speakers engage. We've got some excellent panels. There's some really excellent, excellent panels put together. And you can see how it's not just the speakers talking to the participants. It's an attempt to engage everybody in the conversation. And on webcast, you can ask questions. And the OBA staff prints them off and runs them up to the, to the speakers mm -hmm. and the chairs of the program reads them off. And, then, and so you can have your questions answered, uh, whether you are in person and don't be afraid to ask questions either. Um, so you can participate in these programs whether you are able to participate in person or through webcast. And I encourage everybody to take the time to do it. You won't regret it. I couldn't have said that better, Kim. So I think both of you did a really wonderful job extolling the virtues of attending the Institute for Law Students and Young Lawyers. So as for my last question, what would be the biggest takeaway out of all the things that both of you have said? For young lawyers and law students by going to this event? I got it. Maybe I'll speak first, Kim, and I'll let you have the last word. Oh, okay. All right, Tim. No, I'll just quickly say the biggest takeaway from all of this is for most law students, you went to law school or chose to because of a very strong desire to learn and to improve lives of other people. Both of those things require you to be not just book smart, but social and engaged and connected and part of your community. And the Institute is that first opportunity that you are going to have as part of the legal profession, because you're in law school, you're part of the profession. You're going to want to become part of that community. And this is that very first step to seeing what that community can really do for you your life, and your career. I'll tell you about a couple of experiences that I had. Now, as, as I said earlier, I, I knew about the OBA, the CBA, the mandate, uh, the advocacy on behalf of lawyers and the, the huge legal issues that, they, that it weighs in on and the hundreds and hundreds of volunteer hours that people put in for the greater good of our country and our society and our, and our constitution and um, disadvantaged people, vulnerable people. It's all really, really important. The first time I went to Institute, I, was, I had my own practice, and it is expensive to, to travel to Toronto um, to pay for a hotel, uh, but I felt that it was really important for me to attend in person. And I was nervous and kind of intimidated going to Toronto with all these uh, very, very experienced lawyers, what do I have to bring to the table? But because I had been working in the industry for so long, I did, I did have a little, uh, a different level of comfort than I think some people might have. And I did, I, I insisted to myself that I would not stand in the back of the room, that I would actually engage. And when I, I joined the um, charity and not-for-profit section executive in my first year of practice, and in my second year of practice, I, I, I think 
it was 2009 that I um, first spoke at the charity and not-for-profit section uh, program in Toronto. And by the way, first of all, the OBA membership for students is free. But second of all, if you're on the executive or if you are speaking at a program, uh, there is travel money. So um, there are some, you know, when you do a cost-benefit analysis, there's, there's, uh, it doesn't have to be that expensive. But the first year that I spoke um, at the Institute, I was on a, we were doing a diverse subject. Uh, the new not-for-profit legislation federally was just coming in. We were doing a lot of speaking about the transition process and stuff. And um, I think I was doing my favorite topic of, of you know, how the changes uh, would affect organizations and so on. Or I was doing a comparison of the old and the new legislation. And I looked out and I in this room, which had to, I don't know, there were 40 or 50 people there. And I saw this man and I thought to myself, holy cow, that looks like Peter. Um, when I talked about my life really doesn't evolve out or it re, you know it revolves around law I started working in a law firm when I was 17 years old and I and I grew up in a small town called New Lisford which is just north of North Bay and there was a, a, a rival law firm in New Lisford <laughs> and this man Peter Ramsey and, and he's second generation lawyer up there um, and he had been practicing for you know 40 years 45 years and here he is at Institute in a program that I'm speaking at, that through my sort of, you know, meandering uh, education in the law and, and a, you know, eventual uh, law degree and so on, I thought, isn't this interesting that I've decided to participate in this fashion and a person that you know, I had the utmost respect for that uh, I saw and watched practice in my hometown when I was a kid uh, is actually listening to something that I have to say. So I think that it's really worthwhile. I think that it's, um, it really opens the doors to an awful, awful lot of opportunities uh, for personal uh, enhancement, for participation, and for the overall sense of being involved in something bigger than yourself. Thank you both for your time today to talk about the OBA Institute. It looks like a wonderful opportunity for young lawyers and law students to gain experience, to network, and to get a great in insight into the community. So thank you both for your time today. You're very welcome. Great. Thank you. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds. <laughs>